0: This is the California Report. Good morning, I'm Lily Jamali. We begin in Oakland, where a mass vaccination site at the Coliseum opens this morning. Those eligible for the vaccine can now make an appointment online or over the phone. KQED's Julie Chang has more. The site is one of two mass vaccination sites opened by the state in partnership with the federal government. The other one is at the California State University of Los Angeles. It'll have the capacity to vaccinate 6,000 people each day. Grady Joseph is with the governor's Office of Emergency Services. He says the sites were set up to reach populations that may have more challenges to accessing medical care like Black and
2: Latino folk. We're really approaching both of these sites from a lens of equity and making sure that individuals who historically have a tougher time accessing are kind of front of the line for these.
0: Bart says it'll offer free rides to individuals leaving the Coliseum after receiving their shot. That was KQED's Julie Chang reporting. Heading south to Los Angeles, in-class instruction at elementary schools could begin as early as this week due to declining COVID-19 infection rates there. With L.A. County reaching the state's case threshold for reopening, it's now up to schools to submit plans for protecting students and teachers. But it's still unclear how many schools in L.A. Unified will actually be ready to open back up. The teachers union and district haven't agreed on how to reopen safely. Teachers have been pushing to have all staff vaccinated, even though that's not a part of state and federal guidelines. The company overseeing the distribution of vaccines throughout the state has taken criticism for California's slow vaccine rollout, but yesterday, Blue Shield of California laid out how it plans to administer 3 million shots a week starting next month. That's what it would take to meet its contract with the state. The insurance giant said it's creating an algorithm to help it figure out where to distribute COVID-19 vaccines statewide with a focus on equity. The state's decision to put Blue Shield in charge has been met with skepticism from some county officials across California who say they already have their own vaccination plans but have been hamstrung by a lack of doses. Well, The pandemic has hit communities of color especially hard, as we've been reporting here. For queer Latinos, there's been an extra cost, the loss of places to gather. LA Times reporter Andrea Castillo has been reporting on how LGBTQ bars have struggled around the state. Earlier, she told me some were already having a tough time before the pandemic.
3: Me being queer and a lot of my friends being queer, we share a lot of this news with each other. And honestly, it just feels like every week or close to every week, a friend sends me either a fundraiser or the news of of another queer bar closing. So it just, it feels like the pandemic has worsened this, you know, trend that had already been going. I talked to this professor, Gregor Mattson, who he's done research on this topic. And he did a study that I think it was just over a third of gay bars between, I want to say it was 2007 and 2019 had closed already. And that figure was even, you know, significantly starker when talking about gay bars that focused on communities of color.
0: And we focus a lot on the economic loss that businesses are suffering, but it sounds like the closures of these bars, specifically for queer people of color, really carries a big social cost as well.
3: Yeah. One of the things that's changed is as the LGBTQ community has become sort of more accepted into mainstream society, you know, that need isn't what it was before, but that doesn't mean that the need is no longer you know, necessary, that, that it's no longer necessary to have these spaces that are dedicated for the community. And I was really surprised to move to L.A. and to learn that there were only, I mean, really, it was about a handful of places, of bars that were dedicated to queer Latinos in a city where more than half the population is Latino. And one of the points that
0: you underscore in your piece, which might come as a surprise to some people, is that members of the queer community who are also Latino don't always feel welcome in queer bars that cater to white people.
3: You know, I think that's changing as well, and it might not even be like an outright sense of being unwelcome. It's more just, you know, maybe a comfort thing. I mean, I can say from personal experience, going to bars that were dedicated for queer Latinos, like Cobra in North Hollywood, it was just a sense of, you know, like that quote in my story, it really felt like, People there were like your gay uncles and gay aunts. Like it, it just it, it's a sense of, um, of comfort, a, a place of home that you don't get at these different types of bars. And I think especially, you know, for the people who frequented Jalisco, they might be older they might not feel as comfortable around all of the young people who are, you know, in the spaces in in West Hollywood. Um, So this was a place that they could maybe just feel more comfortable in their own skin and not have to sort of compartmentalize, you know, these aspects about themselves being Latino, being gay or queer or what have you.
0: So Andrea, what are queer Latinos in LA and other parts of the state doing now that some of these spaces are going away?
3: One way or another, it is pretty clear that LGBTQ folks are going to find some way to make space for themselves. In the last several years, there have been more of these sort of pop-up nights. But like some of the people that I talk to, they say it's still no substitute really for a space that is dedicated to a certain community 24-7 or every night of the week.
0: That was Andrea Castillo, a reporter for the LA Times.
4: That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast.
2: Happy reading. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mindshift, Right Nowish, and more.
0: We're going to go to Silicon Valley now. The tech industry is infamous for making prospective and departing employees sign agreements designed to prevent them from speaking out on just about everything. But in recent years, state lawmakers have been chipping away at that legal practice, as Rachel Myro reports from our Silicon Valley desk.
4: They go by many names. Non-disclosure, non-disparagement, and confidentiality agreements. Some you sign to get the job, some you sign on the way out. They're all intended to keep people silent about what goes on behind closed doors. And while initially NDAs were mainly about protecting trade secrets, the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter have exposed the way the NDA also serves as corporate cover for illegal behavior.
2: You can't fix a problem if you don't know there's a problem.
4: That's State Senator Connie Leva, a Democrat from San Bernardino County. Leva authored one of two laws passed in 2018 that made it illegal for companies to bar people from going public about misconduct involving sex or gender. If someone is not
2: allowed to speak out about what happened to them, it's never going to change.
4: Her latest legislation introduced this month casts a wider net to cover workplace discrimination involving race, ethnicity, age, disability, and religion, even and perhaps especially in a severance settlement.
2: They're multi-billion dollar corporations. If Pinterest decided to sue me. I would be bankrupted. Ifoma Ozoma,
4: a former tech policy manager at Google, Facebook, and Pinterest, went public last year against Pinterest with allegations she was underpaid and subjected to racist comments and retaliation. Today, she's lobbying for Leva's bill. The
2: agreements are written so broadly you can't even legally speak to your spouse about what happened. It really is a gag order. And it compounds the harm because you've already experienced the discrimination or harassment. You've been pushed out of your job. And now you can't even explain to people why you left.
4: Ifoma says you won't see individual tech titans openly oppose this bill because when a political position is unpopular, California companies typically leave the public lobbying to groups like the San Jose Silicon Valley Chamber of Commerce. But just a few months ago, that organization ousted its CEO over a racist campaign ad scandal. I don't think that you will get a lot of pushback anywhere in Silicon Valley on this kind of legislation. That day is passed. Russell Hancock is the president and CEO of Joint Venture Silicon Valley, a think tank in San Jose that studies the regional economy. There's been a well-established gap over the last half century between the progressive political rhetoric of Silicon Valley leaders and their company's behavior behind the scenes with employees. But Hancock says the industry is facing increasing pressure to change from the outside outside as well as the inside.
2: Workforce, stockholders, other stakeholders
4: are becoming outspoken, vociferous, and even demanding on management, workplace culture, and other ethical issues. The biggest Silicon Valley companies are multinational, employing hundreds of thousands of people far beyond the reach of California law. But as the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter demonstrate, the court of public opinion is increasingly global. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Myro in Menlo Park.
0: For the first time since the pandemic, the average cost of gas in California is going up. KQED's Emily Hung reports.
3: In April last year, gas averaged $2.70 a gallon. Today, the state average is $3.48 per gallon. Analysts say it's because the demand for gas is rising faster than production because more people are returning to commuting and traveling farther as COVID-19 cases drop. Severin Borenstein is a professor at UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business.
4: It seems likely we're going to see gasoline prices
0: rise at least another 5 or 10 cents a gallon before they level off. But the big unknown is are oil prices going to continue to climb? Are they going to go back down again if the world economy starts to soften?
3: While the price rise is a national trend, California's fuel taxes make our costs among the highest in the U.S., although still cheap compared to most of the world. For the California
0: Report, I'm Emily Hung. California is poised to begin the first major restoration project at the Salton Sea. And Eric Anderson from our sister station KPBS in San Diego says it's a long time coming.
1: The state is investing more than $200 million in a project that will create flooded ponds and other habitat on the exposed lake bed at the southern edge of the lake. We will complete the work over the next two and a half years, I believe completing the the project in 2023. State Resources Secretary Wade Crowfoot says the Salton Sea has been shrinking rapidly since 2018. California committed to a multi-billion dollar restoration effort as part of a deal that allows water to be sold to cities like San Diego. The project couldn't be started soon enough for Imperial Valley clean air advocate Luis Olmedo.
2: It is a best available control measure to do water habitat types of project, and that's what the federal government requires.
1: State officials eventually hope to cover close to 40,000 acres of exposed lake bed. For the California Report, I'm Eric Anderson in San Diego.
0: And that is the California Report for this Tuesday, February 16th. we We're a production of KQED Public Radio, I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you for listening.
2: Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash adaptingcare. Paint Care, now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone, everywhere.